they did not care about inner city crime, poor neighborhoods of predominantly ethnic residents. They didn't, they didn't do any of that. They didn't care to address the underlying problem. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize, seize the, the faith. faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. That's right. You're with us here for the first time, but this is about the fifth time trying to record this. <laughs> but you'll never know. Uh, Anywho, we're back. It's God. been a long time. We've uh, we've been sharing with you our Vignettes of Valor series that we did at our men's conference. You've the been, VOV. Yeah, you've been tickled with the biblical teachings of Alex Rodriguez and uh, John Cooper. They brought the word really well, so hopefully you've enjoyed that, whether a godly man or godly woman. There was much to glean. I've heard that there has been no other conference where both A-Rod and John Cooper have been uh, keynote speakers. That's right. Where else could you unite uh, a Hall of Famer from the Yankees and also one of the greatest Christian metal, I guess? Christian rock? rock I would call it rock. Would yeah, you, would, you definitely would call it a Christian rock uh, lead singers of all time. It's just not possible. So Johnny Cooper and A-Rod on the same, on the same podcast. <laughs> So go back and give that a listen. You'll you'll be shocked, I guarantee it, based on this hype that we've built. Tonight we have a special guest to talk about our two stories that we're going to be talking about from the news. Uh, we, we're going to be looking at stories. Look, it's been so long. There's so many stories. But we're going to, we're going to drill down on these two. They're pretty current. Um, and I think they just highlight some of the things that are undergirding our culture uh, in deep evil and confusion. <laughs> so no shortage of those stories. Um, but <laughs> just, it really isn't. <laughs> just open up Twitter. Tonight with us, we have our long-standing friend, uh, Nathan McCargo. He uh, has done just a lot for both of us in our lives, so we're very thankful to have him on. And we've been talking about it for a long time. How long have we been talking about this podcast, Nathan? How it's, long? It's been a while. Yeah, it's Probably been since long. the beginning. Yeah, it's been like... I've, I've lobbed a couple um, you sure have. articles, a couple things your way. Mm. I know a theologian that might have called them evangelical hand grenades. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's, that's gone out to you, Eric Mason. He's not listening. To me. <laughs> and that's fine. Anyway. <laughs> yes, it is. He could say wherever. <laughs> that's where, okay. Right wherever he is. Our first topic tonight comes from, well, the annals of our country's founding and the national anthem. But not to be outdone by the national anthem you're thinking of in America, the, you know, the normal one. The regular one. <laughs> We're going to talk about Jill Scott's America tonight. Jill Scott, the R&B singer, was singing at the Essence uh, Festival, and uh, she had a different take on the national anthem. Um, we're going to play it for you. You get to hear it with your own ears, and then we're going to talk a little bit about why this made, I'm, I'm going to safely say, why this made all three of us inccredibly angry. <laughs> Oh, that, that oh, was yeah, my let's, cue? Yeah, okay. let's go ahead right, and right, give right, that right, a right, listen. Right, right, right. <laughs> You're fired. Ready? No. She wrote this when she was 19, everybody. I'm 51 now, by the way. As a 19-year-old, she was not a good songwriter. <laughs> oh, say, can you see? Can you, can you pause that for a second? I can do whatever you want. That would be by the dawn's red light. 
Early light. Early, early light. Oh, no, I can't even get it right. Oh, my gosh. I'm fired. You're wearing a, the you're wearing a, glare. You're wearing a, a tank top with the American flag on it, and you mess up our national anthem well, right I'm after this woman fired. messes it up. Jeez Louise. All right, well, it, the, the, the difference in lines is blood in the streets or dawn's early light. Carry on. Just Are you going to do this for every line? or no, it's good to contrast. Okay. She's only got two minutes left. Oh, are you going to comment? I didn't, uh, I, you know what, honestly, I didn't know what you were doing. I you're just, touching buttons over there. I, I thought that was my cue. I'm just so incensed I was going to let it play because there's no reason to do this. It Yes. Okay. Right. It doesn't shine on you, colored child. That's what she said. Those were her exact words. So. Whose blood this Well, that was, that was, <clears throat> please, please edit. Thank you. <laughs> so where does one, where does one begin? Um, Essence Lifestyle Magazine. 1619. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, 1619. Slaves were illegally uh, brought to port in America. The laws of the colony they were brought to declared that they, you were not allowed to buy or sell a man. That was not the 1619 project. It turns out that was not. Oh, they didn't. They didn't teach about that. No, they didn't. They didn't. Hmm. Regardless, the essence, uh, essence, the lifestyle magazine that hosted this festival, the essence <laughs> festival. Uh, their comment to this was: Everyone, please rise for the only national anthem we will be recognizing from this day forward. Jill Scott, we thank you. Here's the lyrics in case you missed them all. Was say, can you see by the blood in the streets that this place doesn't smile on you, colored child? Whose blood built this land with sweat and their hands, but will die in this place and your memory erased. Oh, say, does this truth hold any weight? This is not the land of the free, but the home of the slaves. Those were the, that is, according to Essence, the only nationalism we will be recognizing from this day forward. Who's we? Uh, 
Essence. Essence. This is their national. Yes, this is now the national. What is Essence? What 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 was this event? Style magazine. Oh, okay. It's been around for some a long time. You're gonna make me Google the actual beginning of Essence. I'm kind of curious. Are we all curious? No. Well, what's the point of this this festival? Um, I, I I'd like to know that. I can answer the question in the anthem, though. <laughs> Wait, which question? Does this truth hold any weight? Oh, oh, Nathan, do tell. Does this truth hold any weight? The truth that in this anthem she created, it doesn't. Hmm. Um, and I can say that firmly um, from earlier on when she says that this place doesn't smile on you, colored child. Hmm. Um, this same colored child <clears throat> Jill her, Scott you mean Jill Scott oh. the same the same colored child oh. in her own words she recalls her happy childhood saying she was very much a loved child huh she didn't have a horrible child uh, childhood or, I mean a single mother childhood which which brings in its own struggles and and frustration hmm. I, I get that was um, she was she sold into slavery I, I I, I don't see that in her history anywhere. I mean, they, mm-hmm. she was born April 4th, 1972. So um, I'm going to say. Oh, I just assumed she was uh, a slave at some point. Would, wouldn't you have assumed that? You know, has she, had, has she, had, is she I this? feel like, I feel like she's got to be relatively successful to have made the stage to sing at this event at 51 years old. I would say so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you don't make it on stage in huge festivals for, without having something, and also not also without being paid for it. There's. So you think she was actually paid for this? Oh heavens! I, <laughs> oh, oh heavens! I mean, <laughs> if I if I was in her shoes and they invited me to this festival with my clout and my fan. And all of that, I don't know if I wouldn't be asking for a check to step out on stage hmm. and perform. Hmm. It seems like she has a pretty good net worth, according to the internet. <laughs> was it fourteen? Twelve. Mil? Looks like 12 she, looks like her net worth is twelve million. Hmm. So, what, what are the comments on the YouTube? Is says the only thing this is missing is Dylan Mulvaney walking around in a bikini drinking Bud Light while she's singing. <laughs> Oh no, the comments on the YouTube is not that'll get you every time. Either either they're deleting the negative comments or there really aren't many and that's both of those things would scare me. Well, this was the this was the only one that I found was was a full the full intro plus the mm-hmm. singing. There may be like a there's lots of clips of this on the interwebs. Uh, but this is the full Yeah, I would imagine it made its rounds. Yeah. I wrote this at 19. Now I'm 51. Well, that that's my problem. So, okay. When you were younger, you wrote this but you talk about the childhood as being loved and, and cared for mm-hmm. and, and all of those things. So which is it? Was it a enslaved childhood that this colored child, this nation doesn't smile on? Or is it a childhood that you were loved and cared for? Hmm. Maybe when she said that, she didn't under- remember her childhood correctly. Maybe she was misremembering her childhood because <laughs> she was erasing the memory of her childhood. Well, in That's a rec- ironic, just in a recent <laughs> erasing the memory of her own childhood. 
in her more recent interview with Jamel Hill, <laughs> did, did, she did said nobody she, get that because she said erasing in the, in the oh, song? Oh, erasing the memory. Okay, all yeah. right. Yeah, there we go. I see now. I thought I had to connect that dot. In a previous interview with Jamel Hill, she had said she had considered leaving America due to the racial climate and would look forward to a better education system. In... Holland. Honestly, uh, comparing our education that's, system, that's probably... She wanted to go to Holland? She wanted to go to Holland? It, let me see if I can find the article that I read it in. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, she said she liked. Oh no! Yeah, you're right. Uh, there are some things you don't have to deal with in other countries. We are looking at Holland. The education is dope. The healthcare is dope. That's, funny, that's a funny sentence right there. The healthcare is dope. <laughs> <laughs> There's very few confines on your personality. If you want to go get some mm-hmm. a blank blank or buy some a blank blank, ain't nobody tipping on tripping on you. I like the idea of people being able to be free as long as you're not harming anybody. Does she buy, does she buy that often? I guess she would have to. I don't know. At 12 mil, you buy whatever you want. I don't know. Um, there just seems to be a dichotomy in singing a song that indicates a racial group is enslaved while simultaneously being paid to sing it and also be worth more than I will ever sniff in my life. Like, I, mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm what, fine. What privilege she has to consider just up and moving to Holland? <laughs> Who could do that? Or I do, can't I mean, do that. Right. Maybe I could. Maybe if I sold everything, I could move. I don't know. Maybe I have, maybe my, my house is worth something that would carry weight in Holland. I don't know. I've never been to Holland. You could work for the United Parcel Service. <laughs> they are international. <laughs> they are global. In Holland. I don't know what a Holland is. Uh, you don't, a, Holl- don't, a Hollandaise <laughs> accent. Is Good Holland. You were doing fine. You know what? You were doing fine. I liked it. I liked it. Um, it just feels like it's this general underpainting of of critical race Marxism just coming out into a song that is not about. I just feel like this voids the experience of so many people who've actually made something, like Jill Scott. Like this is an incredibly entitled, rich mm-hmm. person. Complaining, how am I supposed to treat that? How should anyone treat that? Why would, like, at its core, Essence was founded, just on the same page. It's a monthly lifestyle magazine covering fashion, beauty, entertainment, and culture. First published in 1970, the magazine is written for African-American women. How how is another African-American woman supposed to read that? If Jill Scott, worth this money, with this fame, with this platform, is a slave, then what does that make any other African-American woman who doesn't even have access to all the things she has, well, has access to? It, it diminishes hope. Right. It, it diminishes that there is any way that they can get to where Jill Scott is. It, it, it forces them to be victims. It forces them to say, she's saying these things at 12 mil, and so I can never or will never get to that ability um when she has all the credentials here to be able to say hey i took this and turned it to into 12 mil in this country despite whatever a single motherhood would have what i would have had in a single motherhood despite um any problems i may have had in high school any problems i may have had in college I, i turned all of that into 12 mil and this is where i am now she's choosing to view everything in light of victimhood. Um, and then that's what she's presenting to everyone else who shares the same color skin as her. Um, right. She's saying, I, I'm, you are a victim also. There will never be hope for you. You always see blood running in the streets. You will, you will never avail to anything. 
Yeah, there's no hope for you. There's no hope for you. This is not, right, the land of the free. This is the home of the slave. So, I mean, in some ways, this did become the home of the slave. But that home of the slave turned out to be a $12 million R&B singing, songwriting, acting career for Jill Scott. Yeah. I mean... I can't. I, I'm. I'm looking for my. I'm looking for my. <laughs> where's, where's my story? Why Cinderella story like that? I, I don't think we can acknowledge. Well, Dad always said you should have gotten into R and B. Yeah, he always did. Always say that. Said, <laughs> what? <laughs> I think. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Under what name? <laughs> Under what name? Oh, What's my R and B name? Um. Man, I'm on the spot right now. I never no, considered we'll, my R&B career. We'll have to figure that out later. We'll have to announce that on Instagram or something. Oh, listening to the music stylings. I got nothing. This is yep. sounding creepy. <laughs> oh gosh! Please don't. Please don't stop listening. We have more to talk about tonight. Please, please. Uh, I I look at I look at the people that I know. Um, so I know a I work with a guy at UPS who is. Uh, first-generation immigrant he his he was um he came over very young super young like two or three years old from jamaica him and his family and he just became a citizen recently but he's built his whole life here he's married two beautiful kids in a, in a house bigger than mine and, and works incredibly hard and why are we negating the opportunities that he saw and took advantage of to build a life for himself because Jill Scott says everyone is a victim. Right. Like, why, why would we do that? His, his, his ethnicity is the same. Right. His racial ethnicity is the same as Jill Scott's. Yet, yet I've never, I don't even know that I've ever heard the man, like, complain even about horrible working conditions that we sometimes have at work. Like, he's, he's taken advantage to do what is good for him and his family. And, and that, that's the key. Um, I think that this mentality, this victimhood mentality teaches and trains you to not take advantage, to to stay stagnant, to keep you down. When this is presented to you, you you're not presented with, hey, this is how you can. You're presented with, you will never. Mm. Um, meanwhile, let me take advantage and win. You will you will you won't. I, I feel the same way about the BLM movement. What benefit did the BLM movement actually have for people of color in this country? I, I think they pretty much amplified um, hurts that were being done, damages that were being done. They amplified them mm. and taught a theology, for lack of a better term, that you always be a victim and you get behind this movement and we're here to fight for you in this. But... What did they actually fight for? What gain came of it other than the gains in their pockets? None that we can see. I, I've not found one yet. Oh, um, they're they're declaring bankruptcy and left and right. So, so, so what happened to the millions? <laughs> what happened to the millions of dollars that was supposed to go so to these to, to these communities? Where is it? Miss Colors and yeah, Cologne or whatever. The, other, the other one. Yeah, the, the other the other two. They they have really nice houses. Their families benefited. They gained a generational wealth <laughs> yeah. for them and their families, uh, but they did not care about it. 
inner city crime. Mm-hmm. They didn't care about poor neighborhoods of ethnic that had predominantly ethnic um, residents. They, they didn't. They didn't do any of that. They didn't care to address the underlying problem. They wanted to take that narrative, right? That 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 you you are you are going to live out of your victimhood identity. In, and the only way you're going to gain is to win the victimhood Olympics. That's the only way you gain. You don't actually gain by um, availing yourself to the opportunities of trying to change what you know and how you work and 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 maybe moving to a different area or making differently. They didn't. They didn't do any of that, despite the fact that that is uh, uh, open to them. That's not what they taught anybody, and they didn't seek to reach into neighborhoods, and they didn't seek to reach into the actual issues of crime. I mean, part of their solutions was to get rid of police, have no policing. Yeah. And in in what we, we <laughs> just talking today, like you can't, like even even taking women's rights, like if if there wasn't an, an enforcement mechanism, why would there be women's rights? It's it's because it's an enforcement mechanism that we want to ensure that women have equal rights. Why would there be, there would be no law if there was not enforcement of that law. You can say there's law in a, in a society, but without the enforcement of it, it doesn't actually mean anything. And so you need to have enforcement of laws. But law itself by BLM was deemed as having racial undertones. So I, I don't know. I don't know what the net benefit was there. I, I think breeding out this kind of national anthem it just serves to make the people at the top. Uh, Jill Scott's not going to get any poorer because of this national anthem. No, mm. ain't that the truth? And that's the problem. Like, like this doesn't solve any of Jill. This doesn't solve any of the problems Jill Scott's even even singing about. Let's say, let's grant every premise. She has means to actually address the situation, and her part of her solution was to run to 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 Holland. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure when you move to Holland, if you look at the makeup of the population, you'll find it's relatively homogeneous. <laughs> like, there's only one kind of people that live in Holland. You ever look at their soccer team? <laughs> I mean, like, it doesn't look like America's soccer team. I can tell you that right now. Okay? Like, I don't, I don't even know what <laughs> what she's trying to say. It doesn't make any sense. But... Yeah, I love that. Uh, like, I'm having to mess with Nathan. I'm having to mess with Nathan's volume on his microphone because initially you were quiet, and then like we did the national, so, we played it, and now Nathan's microphone's spiking because his <laughs> passion is coming out of his voice. So, 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 so the issue, the issue that I'm having here, and I'm going to try and make it as concise as possible. Um, the issue that I'm having here as a black person, um, I grew up in a household that we learned value for work. Um, we learn that um, you don't just get things given to you. Um, anything that was given to you is given to you by the grace of God and is a blessing on your life. However, everything else you need to work for in your life. Um, I learned to respect, respect police officers mm. um, and, and their job, but also be able to tell the difference between someone who's using a role in improperly um, and overstepping, right? Um, and being able to push back against that, um, I, I know I didn't find out um, that my parents struggled um, financially um, to keep us and and my siblings and I um, in the house that we were in. I didn't know my parents struggled um, to keep food on the table. I didn't find those things out until I was twenty something, and some of my adult friends um, told me that, 
Hmm. Hey, your parents struggled here. Hey, this moment when you had spaghetti um, and sometimes without meatballs three or four nights a week. The reason why is because that is all that could be afforded to put on the table. Um, the reason why school lunches looked a certain way, the reason why these things were there, this is why. The reason why you were moved out of Camden City to Franklinville, which I hated mm-hmm. at the beginning, um, uh, is because your parents wanted a better life for you um, and wanted you out of the inner city and wanted you moved out to a more rural area where you can learn some tangible things, um, where you can get ducks and learn how to care for ducks and learn how to take care of grounds and 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 mow a lawn and things like that Hmm. um and and the reason why you bounce from school to school to school is because your parents weren't happy with the curriculum that was in the schooling system and so they checked into it and and then ultimately landed me in a christian school um and and so so all of those things taught me that another financial sacrifice another another huge financial sacrifice to the tune of um that um when I graduated, there there was still a balance due. Right. Um, and so so that got paid and I got my diploma, but inside that envelope it was empty while the rest of my classmates, their diploma was in that envelope. So I, I walked, um, but the balance was due for the schooling. And, and and I don't knock my parents for that or anything like that. I, I just know the struggle was real for them. Um, in, I never in, do that. I graduated with you at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad I didn't. I, I'm glad the school. Yeah, did no, they, that. they honored they honored the fact that I put in the work to graduate. Right. They honored that fact, um, but they also knew that that services were rendered, and and they also knew my parents because my parents went to the church that the school was in. Um, and they knew the struggle, and they were working with them. Um, to cover the balance and make sure everything was good. And it was a very short amount of time before I got it. And they actually even allowed me to apply for school with a transcript, knowing that I had completed the schooling, even though the balance wasn't. So, so they were working, working with us in that. So, 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 but, but I taught, I was taught and learned the principles that you, you work for what you get. Um, When, when I asked about getting a cell phone when I was in high school, my parents were like, sure. No problem with how how, <laughs> <Go get it. laughs> how are you going to pay for that, Nathan? <laughs> how, how, are, how are you going to cover the expense of a cell phone? And back then it was the card. So I had to go to the store, buy a card, and then dial the number on the card to load up the minutes on oh, the cell man, phone that's, to that's have. Old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know nothing about that. You know nothing about that today. <laughs> right, right. And then, and then the, the talks of a car. Okay, well, you have to buy a car. You have to have enough funds to cover the gas in the car to get back and forth from where you need to go. The maintenance of the car and also the insurance on the car um, because that's a that's a luxury or something that you would like to have. So you need to work um, to, to, to be able to afford those things. And I think that those are principles that um, are, are not being taught in, in the home. Um, and the concept of working hard for the things that we get is something that I would say is missing in a good portion of the of the black community. Um, and, and, and it bothers me because it's easy to sit back and say, I can't for whatever reason. It's very easy to sit back and say that. It's very easy to say, I had this moment of helping an older lady into ShopRite and she handed me her purse, she was getting out the car and the police officer that someone else saw me with, with her purse the police officer came over and wouldn't talk to me, but would talk to this lady and say, are you all right here? Is everything okay? She was flabbergasted and went off on the police officer for, <laughs> for everything that happened. I was 
I could have turned that into this is a systemic issue. Mm. This is a huge problem. And I'm done here. I'm not going to continue moving forward. I'm not going to whatever. I'm going to sit back and say, everyone who doesn't look like me now owes me for mm. these situations, being followed in stores and all, all of these things. I could simply do that. But but I understand something that that these are all people that God created in his image. And for me, I look at it and say, yes, is there damage done? Yeah, there's damage done. But at the same time, I don't get to take that damage and create an identity that's not God's identity for my life. I don't get to do that. Right. And so what I'm hearing out of Jill Scott, what I hear out of Lizzo and all these other artists is that you can aspire to great things. You can make millions in this country. If you step up to the plate, you can go to school, you can learn a lot, you can do all these things. However, we want you, colored child, to live a life of oppression. We want you, colored child, to not aspire to any of these things. Why? Because we can continue this narrative of oppression. We can continue this narrative that nothing has changed since the abolishment of slavery. Nothing has changed. If we continue that, then we can keep peddling and generating income off of this concept. And that's, that's not where, that's not where we should be. No, you're, you're hundred percent right. And I look at you and your sister and brother and, you know, by the, the faithfulness of your parents and the grace of the Lord, you're all eons ahead of where your parents were as adults and they would i, I know I, I know your mom would say that i know that your dad if you were alive would say yeah. the exact same yeah. thing you guys have done that mm-hmm. um because your parents chose to do that for you and yet we are supposed to pretend that it's better if you guys had just packed it in yeah um and and taken the road of oppression mm-hmm. that's what that's what you should have done yeah um i mean can just, just so you don't anything, um, back in July of 2020, the National American Museum of, Amer- of African American History and Culture, uh, a Smithsonian-run national museum, did put out um, the aspects and assumptions of whiteness and white culture. And listed in that are things like um, the Protestant work ethic, which is hard work is the key to success, uh, work before play, uh, if you don't meet your goals, you didn't work hard enough. Th- those, those thoughts, are, that's a white thing. So your parents were really just being racist. So, like, so like they, Uncle Tom, <laughs> so, according so, to right, 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 right. <laughs> National right. of African American they, history. And culture. They, they were teaching us things that went against our culture. Y- yeah, that's what that's what they would say. Uh, but I just that's uh, that is such bullcrap. That is such a lie. <laughs> this is so dis- This whole idea is so disgusting. The you have to understand. Everyone needs to understand this. The the black family under the laws of the Jim Crow South was growing, thriving, and flourishing in ways that were, that were even outpacing the white family in the same area because they, did, they followed these things. These are not, this is not a white versus black issue. This is a right versus wrong issue, and it is a lie to make it this way because the, the statistics do not bear it out. And, and the irony is once Lyndon Baines Johnson enacted his presidential edict against in the war on poverty, essentially enacting entitlements uh, that destroyed, destroyed the, con- the, the culture of the black family as they all sought to undo Jim Crow, which by the way, rightfully so, sought to undo the Jim Crow laws. 
they were illegal. But they didn't need to do this. They didn't need the civil rights movement. They need the national. The government needed to say already, already, just based off of what Dwight Eisenhower had said, they needed to sit down and say, "Hey, every state that has these laws, there is no more national funding coming to you. Zero national funding coming to you for anything until you remove these anti unconstitutional laws." That's all they had to say. They didn't have the stones to do it. And so our legislature, not having the stones to do that, wanted, just wanted a more PR instead of just doing what they should have done that was right. But regardless, this war on poverty has devastated, and it didn't just devastate the black families that were growing. It devastated all the families. Now single-family single family homes can receive free money from the government to celebrate breaking apart what God has, has called for the building of a culture. And that's why this song is so hurtful and so offensive because it's just perpetuating hurt and hardship on people that are that that can do so much more as image bearers of God. Right. Right. Mm. That's 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 also coming from someone who works in social services Mm. um, and sees the damage done um, by the concept of entitlement, by the concept of. you, you don't have to a program name work first doesn't actually mean that <laughs> doesn't mean to work first no 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 no, no, no. <laughs> what does it mean i mean we, we walk through covid and and the, the millions and millions uh, billions of dollars handed out um while people were making choices to not go to work actively making choices there there, there were there weren't health issues there weren't um <clears throat> There were some. I mean, be careful. There were some health issues, right. but um, there, there, there weren't the amount of health issues of a this. This was a a fearful thing that was set in, and then it was a choice of no, I'm not going back to work. Why, when the government can give me fifteen hundred, eighteen hundred, two grand, three grand a month in food stamps, also give me an unemployment? way more than I could ever make in the current job that I'm making day to day out. Why, why would I go to work? You know, honestly, uh, other than the fact that it's, you know, what you were made to do, we were all designed right. for work, I would say uh, there's absolutely no um, uh, material benefit right. when there's more to be gained from sitting at home. Yeah. I mean, it's just so, which is absolutely <laughs> asinine that we've created a system that way. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I, I tell this, say this all the time to people. I, I hope and pray for the day that the church removes um, my job out of the hands of the state. Move it back into the church where it yes. belongs. That's, that's a fact. That, that, that is where I, I would flourish so much better in my job being active, tangibly be able to help people if it was removed out of the hands of the state. By giving them objective truth. Like, exactly. I'm so sorry. We can't just give you something right. to, to not actually work and right. care for yourself and your family. Like That's, right. not, that's not good. That would be just right. wrong for us to do. Particularly give other people's something to right. you, by the right. way. We, you look at the church in Acts, and you see what happened there. And you say, okay, Acts, they, they dedicated themselves to the things that God asked them to dedicate themselves to. And then they sold and took care of everyone. No one had need. Everyone was covered because that's that's what 
how God set things up. That's how God designed things to be, where we all cared about each other. We all covered each other. Everybody had need. People were working. People were doing what they needed to do. People had farms. People had everything. And they would sacrifice, hey, this person fell on hard times. Let's, let's step in here and help them out. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, and, and that's exactly where we as a country would flourish extremely well if we shifted back towards the things of God. Um, and especially when it comes to, um, I will use the term African-American community, okay. although I don't agree with that term, um, I will use that term. I think the African-American community, if shifted towards the things of God, they would see flourishing happening in their lives um, because they would be moving away from this concept of the government is their God, moving away from the concept that I am my own God. They'd be moving towards God is God, and the things of God are actually better things for us than the things this world has for us. Right. Yep. Amen. <laughs> Agreed. That's correct. <laughs> everything, everything, everything that guy said is right. <laughs> everything he said. Jesse's just been trying to look up statistics on Holland this whole time. <laughs> like, Did you like, find anything uh, exciting or interesting? Or? Uh, over 81.7% of the population are Dutch, and there are only about 9%, only about 9% of their population are non-Western in origin. Yes, that's correct. Uh, there is Middle Eastern in there. but Turks, Moroccans, Antillians, Surinamese, and Indonesians. Yes. Now the bottom nine point, the bottom ten percent, is made up of all other ethnic groups. <laughs> so the all other ethnic groups fall in the bottom ten percent. So we've outlined ninety percent of the population, right? And then you'd stick. Just I'm just just so Jill Scott knows she's she's gonna she's gonna be very obvious when she arrives in Holland. Well, you can't miss Jill Scott though. No, no, you can't. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Just, I was gonna, gonna say that. in more way than one. Oh I'm no, sure. I'm gonna put that out there. Oh, Just, her and Lizzo would make would make a great well, team over there. I'll go to Toggin. <laughs> no, we, do never mind. Nope. <laughs> that is not. What I, I can't do. Yeah. I can't do. I can't do the holiday accent. I was uh, going to ask a question about um, the populace of Holland and their makeup, weight wise. Yeah, I was going to say like they don't think they serve. I don't think everything's fried in Holland. Yeah. Yeah, I think they probably have lots of like other greens too as well. Yeah, you know they're really an agricultural society. Yeah, right? yeah. That's oh, why they do have a density of population, but that's not about weight. It's, it's oh, that's, <laughs> that's wrong. That's wrong. Uh, at this point, we should briefly just run through our second story. That was that was awesome to uh, to break that down. We were all I I, <laughs> I remember setting that hearing it. I'm like I'm setting this to Nathan right now. <laughs> I had to pull the car over. <laughs> I, don't I, text and drive please <laughs> by all means but when something comes across your phone like that you have to pull the car over <laughs> PSA don't text and drive texting yeah. and driving is right. not good uh, our second story combines two stories uh, little known fact uh, first one's a little known fact that, that you probably didn't know did you know Jesse Nathan did you know that in July uh, we the Department of Justice quietly removed from its database uh, issues of uh, issues of concern, child sex trafficking. Yes, uh, specifically, it it removed um, significant portions of its pages on child sex trafficking, including quote international sex trafficking of minors, 
quote, domestic sex trafficking of minors, and quote, child victims of prostitution. That's intriguing, isn't it? Hmm. 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 Well, I mean, why, why? why care about any of those demographics? Yeah, it's like, why would you, <laughs> why? Why would you, how many, but, like, how many bytes of data did you just save? Like, really, was it worth it? <laughs> was it worth it to... I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Is anyone else thinking anything other than our government wants to traffic children? Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of feeling that way. I mean, but I mean, I felt that way for a long time. Yeah, once they lost 600,000 of them as they crossed the border, unaccompanied minors that they handed off into the care of caretakers that now they can't find. Well, let's not forget that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. That's still, still true. Um, oh, what happened to that list? Did you ever find out what happened to that list? Oh, you know, the list that the government has that nobody can know about. Oh, man, that's curious. Bummer. Bummer we can't know that. Maybe that we'll find. Let's, let's play a game. What, what will we find out more? Uh, what's actually in the COVID vaccine or Jeffrey Epstein's list? There's I think so the many COVID, things. I think the COVID vaccine's at least, what, 70 years out? Didn't they hide that for like? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's play another game. What will we find out more of? The yeah, COVID vaccine? time for everybody to die. <laughs> the COVID vaccine or what's in the manifesto of the transgender terrorist that killed three children and three Ooh. staff in Tennessee? See, but the Covenant School doesn't. Some of the people there don't want it. Don't want it released. Yeah, that. Yep. That's they, why they're they're, they're it being up. kind. They're being kind, and actually, the public has a. I and mean, there is a level that. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But yes, there are some of the the victims that are, that are not wanting it released, and I, I do believe that is kindness on their part. But at some point, you have to let the public actually know. Well, it's a little bit of kindness, a little bit of naivete. Either way, back to this article. They've removed things <laughs> from their website. Again, we're talking about specifically international sex trafficking for, of minors. Kind of, I think everyone's on board, evil. Yeah, yeah. 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 I would, I, yep, okay. Everybody yeah. here, at least everybody in this room, three out of three agree. Uh, domestic sex trafficking of minors. So that would be you know sex trafficking inside America. Also, yeah, yeah, it yep. sounds pretty bad to me. Okay, all right. And child victims, victims of prostitution. We all... Yeah, yeah. you, should, yep. you okay. shouldn't do that to kids. We're all agreeing that that is wrong, yet we're, we're pulling it down from the issues of concern portions of our webpage. Well, the, maybe they the, fixed the problem. Oh, the Department of Justice, hand, they fixed this? Maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they're like, you know what? We fixed it. We, can, we don't need it on our website. So you're, you know say, so you're saying in, in a week or so, we're going to get new pages that articulate how that happened. Sure. Yeah, oh, okay. Maybe, no. oh, got you. Got you. Right, right after they tell us was in well, the I mean, vaccine. According, according they're probably going to need to finish prosecuting the January 6th people first. <laughs> don't have time for anything. <laughs> I mean, according to this article, this is it was an arduous process for them to remove these pages. So yeah, it WordPress is really hard several, to run. It took several lawyers for this to happen. So if it took several lawyers for this to happen. There's a lot of people who are agreeing that this information should not be up. And the question is, why? Why do we not need this information anymore? Why don't we need this information? Because of Jeffrey Epstein's list. I. <laughs> this is not this is just a bad look. Now, I, I do want to point out they began doing this back in May. So it's been a full month, but it does coincide like with. Two months. Right. Because it's July. Yeah. It does coincide with um, a movie about sex trafficking that was beginning to use its limited resources to market around that time. That would be the movie The Sound of Freedom. <laughs> so if you've seen Poor this, Optics. Yeah, it does seem a little like... Oh, that's that QAnon movie, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw that on the QAnon 4chan. <laughs> what? Like, like the future? Fortune? No, 4chan. Oh, what's that? 
You don't know what 4chan is? Do you really not know what 4chan is? Yeah, I know what 4chan is. I was trying to get you to oh, explain okay. it for oh, okay. people that may not know that 4chan is just this oh. underground dark, dark part, portion of the dark web where people chat. I, mean, I don't know if it's... Is it in the dark web? No, you can get to it by the regular web, but it feels dark. <laughs> and it is on the interweb. <laughs> oh, look, I can go to 4chan.org. Oh, perfect. Look at that. Oh, see, it's just a it's just a bulletin board where people can post things. I want to hear everybody. You, you know what? Never mind. We do not have time for that rabbit hole. Not going down yeah, that rabbit hole. Uh, video games and stuff. Yeah, video games. Sure. So it's not it's not about any of these conspiracies. No, no. It's just like you know, just normal people posting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Thank heavens. <laughs> you know what? I take it back. <laughs> Oh, no. Are you on a new area of 4chan? <laughs> no. It's just still the video games. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the DOJ removes this keys and key and piece of information. As the Sound of Freedom actually, by, while, while being released in smaller theaters, did have a one-day revenue over the same 4th of July weekend that was greater than the release of the Indiana Jones one-day revenue, which is very interesting. Now, I believe overall inside domestic box offices, Indiana Jones has eclipsed Sounds of Freedom, Although it is released on twice as many theater screens than <laughs> Sounds of Freedom, you would expect it to make more money. However, it's going to be a net loser at the box office as the difference in production values was about like 200%. So you're looking at like $200 million invested in one versus like $60 million in the other. So it's like a big difference um, in actually generating revenue for a movie. And that's not even counting how much money was put into marketing for the movie Indiana Jones, the new recent, most recent Indiana Jones movie, and God bless Harrison Ford. That man can still move. Just in general, moving I think is pretty good at his age. Sound of Freedom still doing pretty well, even today, which is what a Sunday. This is a Sunday. They grossed nine. Is that today or is that that's got to be cumulative, right? No, because total gross is over here. Yeah, so they today grossed more. Look at that. That's impressive. By $6 million over mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. Yeah, they came in second only to the most recent Mission Impossible movie, which also, uh, since it's not going to be preaching at you about its values, is probably going to do okay at the box office. Right. Um, I mean, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones's gross is $145 million and Sound of Freedom's is only 85 Let me see if I can find that. Here, so, you, you keep talking. Let me okay, see if I can I'm, find the uh, production cost. I'm costs. going to continue talking. This, these stories are diametrically opposed because the sound of freedom. Now, regardless of what you believe about who Angel Studios or the people behind making it, it does speak to an actual evil, which we've all agreed here in this room, at least, that these things, human trafficking, uh, uh, international sex trafficking, domestic sex trafficking, child prostitution, these are all just evil. They're wrong. They're, they're gross. They're gross actions by evil, moral people. This, Immoral people. Immoral. Immoral. That's the word I'm looking for. Immoral people. And and that, conf- that, that should be something that you'd think our Department of Justice feels like it's in the name. <laughs> it's not the Department of Sewer and Water. It's the Department of Justice. Is removing those exact issues as a movie that is having what some people would say are conservative values or what Rolling Stones would call QAnon conspiracies <laughs> rolling stones review of the movie <laughs> rolling stones yes the rolling stones review of the movie they're what? a uh, they're a movie i've heard that they're a ma- magazine publication and they that reviewed, reviews movies apparently oh <laughs> i didn't know that it's also a, a rock band so you we could see why that's conflicting huh. 
you'd think they could stick in their lane, <laughs> drugs, yeah. sex, and rock and roll. But no, they've branched out into reviewing movies. <laughs> Things they, they their their review. By the way, if you get a chance, you should read Rolling Stones' review of Sound of Freedom, which is this: Sound of Freedom is a superhero movie for dads with brain worms. <laughs> what kind of title is that? <laughs> The QAnon-tinged thriller about child trafficking is designed to appeal to the conscience of a conspiracy-addled boomer. Wow, like, who wrote this? All right, let's, let's just, let me just, Miles Klee, that is the name of the author. Let's just scroll down to the old bio of Miles Klee. I got to get answers here. Go on. Oh, there's no bio at the bottom? Oh, I feel, I feel cheated. Let me click on your name, Miles Klee. You've got to give me information about who you are. Oh, thank heavens. He has an about page. Miles Clee is a culture writer at Rolling Stone covering the weirder parts of the internet, like sex, tra- <laughs> sex trafficking movies that want children to be free. From extreme fandoms and conspiracy theories, it's his job to talk about conspiracy. Isn't he a QAnon guy? Conspiracy theories to micro-celebrities and the latest viral memes. He's also the author of a novel called Ivy Land. That's one to not put on the reading list. And a story collection called True False. That's a really boring name, bro. Come on. Miles is based in Los Angeles. We all saw that coming. <laughs> Thanks, though. <laughs> anyway, Miles Clee, writer of Ridiculous Headlines, <clears throat> has a lot to say about how horrible this movie is. Um, in uh, one section, he, begin, he talks about um, Bollard, uh, who is the agent based, the movie is based off, who's like the ba- movie is based off. He says Bollard himself has dabbled in Q-adjacent conspiracy theories, such as the Wayfair trafficking hoax, while his organization has far-right affinities and a long record of distorting its botched raids, which rely on bizarre tactics like asking psychics where to find victims for rescue. Sounds like they really like the movie. Yeah, I was just like, I, I keep reading. I'm like, okay. He's it's a must-see. He's going to give us where he got that information from. I, and I, I scroll I, to the bottom. Yeah. Bottom. I've got no footnotes here, people. So we I have, got nothing. <laughs> so, we have a, so we have a movie based on a real life story, a real person. And then we have a person saying that it's conspiracy with no no actual facts or anything to support. No, no studies, no anything to support the conspiracy. And then we have the DOJ removing similar subjects from their website. At the same time. Hmm. Yeah, so this movie's bad. But we can't deal with sex traffic. I don't understand. I don't it's like I get a brain worm trying to figure out what's going on with this crap. Like what is we trying What exactly was your point, Mr. Klee? I don't get it. does is he afraid that we are going to understand um maybe some darker history or are we going to understand things that we need to understand so that we're not being a support of the sex trafficking industry is that his concern or or is that the doj's concern that maybe if we watch this movie we then will go out in the doj and see information there and and maybe become a sex trafficker like what are we gonna do i don't don't know i don't i don't I mean, I talked to some people that seen the movie. They don't seem to want to be sex traffickers. They seem to want to stop sex trafficking. <laughs> that seems to be the, the <laughs> indication. They're like, oh, no, we need to do something. Not a lot of maps go into this movie. No, I've actually talked to people who feel guilty now. Right. They, they're like, I feel guilty. I, I'm not doing enough. Right. And I'm like, you know what? If a movie makes you feel guilty enough to actually engage with some a gross evil like sex trafficking, that's great. Like, go ahead. Get involved, please. There's many of good Christian organizations you can get involved with that have been trying to turn people away from the sex industry and sex slavery for a long time. Do that. Like, so, like, yeah. 
But I haven't talked to anybody who's like, oh man, I saw that Sounds of Freedom movie and it made me want to enslave a teenage woman. Like, I never, no one, that's not, a, that's not what happens. This is not a thing. So does the DOJ not want to be in, like, involved with trying to get rid of sex tra- trafficking anymore? It does sound like they have other issues, quote unquote, issues of concern. Like, are we are we affecting equity? Uh, 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 well, are we going to are we affecting their finances any by fighting against sex trafficking? Oh, see, now you're going down the QAnon route, and I would have to say probably. <laughs> like that's probably absolutely. Like, what am I supposed to think? You remove it from your website and say it's a QAnon conspiracy, but you've removed it from your website, which makes me only want to say. It's it's totally real. <laughs> you're probably sex traffickers, like right. right. I don't, you can't do that. It's you can't. It's the only way to get the terrorists, Justin. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> I have some number. Finally, some numbers for us. By the way, so Sound of Freedom's um, budget was estimated at fourteen point five million. Now their total box office um, sales as of now is eighty five point five million. So they have netted seventy one point five million dollars. Indiana Jones's budget was three hundred million, um, and they have their worldwide box office. So that's including international and domestic, has gotten them three hundred and two million. They have netted two million dollars hmm. compared to um, Sound of Freedom's seventy-one million dollars. Well, it sounds like they may have oversold or overbit. But don't worry, it'll come to stream. It'll be on streaming soon. <laughs> you can catch that on the streaming. If catch it on Disney Plus. I heard they made Indiana Jones gay. <laughs> if you're willing to pay, if you're willing to pay for a subscription. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> sorry, Harrison Ford would have none of that. Stop it right now. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Stop it, Harrison Ford. You know what? I'm not getting into that. Regardless, you can't tell me I'm a conspiracy theory theorist for wanting to end sex trafficking while you simultaneously remove sex trafficking right. from your issues of concern Here's globally. The Here's the thing. If you start calling me a QAnon conspiracy theorist, I'm just going to assume that you personally are involved in sex trafficking. <laughs> like, so I, just don't tell me. What am I you know? supposed to think? Just don't tell oh, me. You saw that Sense of Freedom movie, you QAnon's conspiracy theorist? I'm like, I oh. might start pulling out weapons. <laughs> I, Yes, I may have seen that, you sex trafficking, disgusting person. <laughs> I may have seen that. Where movie. are the girls, John? Where are the girls? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Jeez Louise. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I find this story as humorous as it is incredibly disturbing. <laughs> um, well, this is, why, this is why equal weights and measures are so important. And, you know, like we get... We, we get our minds all thrown into a tizzy when the world does these absolutely asinine things and, you know, for good reason, right? But we, we need to make sure that when we are, when we're discussing things with people, when we are in a, in a heated argument with somebody or when we're really trying to press a point, we, we really need to make sure that we um, don't do this, like we, we don't have duplicitous arguments, we don't have hypocritical arguments, that we, that we stand on the truth um, and let the truth speak for itself. Because um, sometimes, I, sometimes I think we like to try to get fancy with people, and we don't need to get fancy. We just need to, we just need to get true and get real with people in order to combat their, their arguments. And like, I just feel like sometimes when the world is just so insane, like, like 
we have to go overboard with responding to things. We don't really. I mean, the truth is very simple. I mean, child trafficking is is an evil, and whoever engages in it should die. And that's just the way that it is. If our government doesn't care about that, then, well, we'll be judged for that, and God will protect the remnant, his remnant, the church, and, and our nation um, somehow. <laughs> you know, like, and that's that's just the way that it's, that's just the way it's going to be. I don't know. I don't think that any of that, any of what I just said made sense, so that's fine. No, I, I, I appreciated all of what <laughs> you said. I started talking, and then I'm like, wait, why am I talking again? You were trying to make sure people don't get trapped into the same kind of illogical, duplicitous arguments that they're trying to make. Like, oh, you're a QAnon conspiracist, and also we're going to take this down from our, our website about justice. Like, those things can't be true at the same time. You're the ones who are clearly sex traffickers at this point. Right. Like, uh, Also, I do want to call out Mr. Klee as being incredibly ageist. Um, mm. I'm not surprised. Uh, quote from the article, Sounds of Freedom lives up to its anticipation. It's a stomach-turning experience, fetish, fetishizing the torture of its child victims and lingering over lush preludes to their sexual abuse. Here's the reality, by the way. I I have not, I'm, I'm going to say that I have not seen this movie, but I, I talked to someone who has a relatively, um, I'm going to say squeamish disposition towards uh, things of that nature. Uh, and they they were amazed that they didn't use anything graphic, but you felt like everything was evil. Like you felt it, like a Hitchcock movie, that there was that this was just evil. The reason they have to they focus on the preludes, you moron, is because they're not going to show you the disgusting abuse children faced. You dummy. Continuing on in the article, at times I had the uncomfortable sense that I might be arrested myself just for sitting through it. And given your clear duplicitous nature in defending <laughs> sex trafficking maybe you should nonetheless the mostly here's where he gets it the mostly white-haired audience around me could be relied on to gasp moan in pity mutter condemnations applaud and bellow amen at moments of righteous fury as when bollard declares that quote god's children are not for sale they were entranced by what they clearly took for a searing expose not even the occasional nasty coughing fit and we had no shortage of those could break the spell Dude, why do you hate old people, dude? So, so wait a second. Why so, you hate mo- why so you, why this guy's sitting in a theater full of people who are getting the exact opposite reaction as <laughs> yes, him, yes. and he thinks he's the normal one. That's, That's correct. The he's okay. the one. They're the All ones right. that are messed up, right? <laughs> well, because they're old, they're mostly white-haired. Right, 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 right. right. So they're obviously evil. Well, I'm no-haired. Yeah. Well, it's the world. In which and we also live. white-haired. It's the world in which we live, though. One percent is is who's correct. Oh, that's true. Oh. They don't write for Rolling Stone. I wonder if this guy's a part of the do, World Economic Do you know Forum. that to be fact? <laughs> no, I mean the old people. The old people don't write. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, they yeah. they don't they don't have. I mean, this guy obviously tries to, but right. again, I mean, a, a music writing is Rolling like Stone a, music. Not Miles Clee does sound like a name that could be related to Klaus Schwab. I'm just saying. Hey, they better go hop in the truck. <laughs> we gotta go pick up Miles Clee. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> Sorry, that's. It makes me think of some time. Well, that's where we're going to have to break this podcast off. <laughs> uh, Gotta go pick a mile. <laughs> um, hopefully this has been... Uh, Getting this Chevy miles. <laughs> Sorry. I got hopefully you've enjoyed episode 120. We were, we're just really great, grateful to have uh, Nathan on with us. Finally, we got to have it make it happen. Finally. So we can scratch this off the bucket list for us. Uh, we can scratch this one off. And uh, Nathan's like, Hold it on. oh, wrong one. Nope. And You'll get this right one day. Have 120 <laughs> episodes in. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which one. We one's should which. label those buttons. We really should. <laughs> we now should. looking at them we from should. this side. <laughs> oh, heavens. Um, 
nonetheless, we're really grateful to have you on. Thank and you. Uh, I think this was a, I think this was a really good time. Hopefully this was enjoyable for you as the listener. And you've been encouraged this day to, uh, no, don't do it. <laughs> To follow the Lord in faithfulness, oh, but we wanted to also yeah. announce our upcoming series, which you're going to absolutely love. Oh, yeah. We're looking at six, at least six weeks of hard-hitting education content. Six-ish. Six-ish. Potentially six to seven-ish. <laughs> you're going to like the people we talk to. Oh, yeah. We're doing a recap, by the way. We finally have some hard data out released by the national, not national, by the New Jersey Education system on what the fallout from our very first episode in which we covered the new uh, health guidelines for sexual education in public school system, which included things like teaching seventh and eighth graders about very bad sexual things. Um, and then younger kids about things seventh and eighth graders shouldn't do. Yes. And also things that kindergartners don't need to know about sex. Turns out they should probably work us on work on spelling and phonics and such. But nonetheless, uh, we have some data out on that. It is not good. It shows exactly what you'd think it would show. Um, but we also, to then couple with that, are going to speak to some people inside of public education. We're going to speak to some people inside of Christian education. We're going to speak, some, speak to some people inside of secondary Christian education, uh, as well as homeschooling. And these are going to be some great interviews that are really going to hopefully give you tools you need to not ever let your child be coerced into this evil by the public school system. Amen. Amen. And we're gonna we're gonna launch a shirt. Oh, we're gonna have some yeah. sales. There's there's stuff. lots of sales. There are things happening that even I have no idea what's like. Going here's on. the deal. We're walking towards <laughs> we're walking towards G three, which is like it's, a, not hard. it's a big thing. It requires a lot for us. We we have full time jobs, full time families, full time pastor. We have a lot going on, but we are really excited. Does somebody about have a part time family. Don't answer. That. That. Don't, don't, don't answer that, that question. Don't answer. Don't that. answer it. But we but but we're putting all of that on hold to really push this out we are there's going to be sales on, on our other shirts there's a brand new education is warfare shirt and it is going to be fire you're going to want that one bro i mean i want it and uh, yes i'm making it that's it um <laughs> but additionally uh what are some of the guests we have on jess you want to guess are, are we doing it just roll out some names man get the man. people ready all right so we've got we've got nikki truesdell in the homeschooling world uh we've got she's an author of a book called anyone can homeschool which is why she's going to be great to have on to talk about how you too if you wanted to could homeschool yes we learned a lot from her it was, yeah it, it was, was awesome we have liz urbanowitz that will be coming on she wrote uh foundation uh foundations worldview curriculum a former is, educator inside i believe the public school system i believe that's where she taught she definitely was inside she was educator and then she kind of pulled out of that and was like we need something for the church which is awesome foundations worldview is awesome amen amen it was we really have, great we use that we our, church. our church um, she's written some lower elementary ones as well. That's going to be an awesome conversation. We have uh, Ben Merkel from New St. Andrews College going to be talking to us about Christian higher education. And then we've got some uh, church members we're going to interview also with some of their uh, wacky experiences in the public school to try to again and still dissuade you from uh, engaging that route. Yes, the public school system of New Jersey, which is accessible and evil and also similar to probably public schools near you. It's kind of like the Moss Eisley of education. (laughs) It's not. I mean, there's also California. Wretched hive of scum and villainy. We're like like Tatooine. It's a wretched hive of... Moss Eisley's on Tatooine. It's on Tatooine. I know. It's so screwed. We're just done. We can't do it. Anyway, look forward to that. That's coming up. We wanted to let you know that before we end this episode. Now, with that, dear Christian, we would like to encourage you this day to seize the faith. faith.